Welcome to the next edition of the Battle and Bunts podcast. My name is Matthew Battle, Director at UK Property Forums. I'm here with my colleague. I'm Alan Bunts. I write for our website at ukpropertyforums.com. So let's get straight into this. And I'm really pleased to have our guest, Pavatar Man. I mean, we believe we're well on our road to recovery. Again, I don't want to be flippant about it. There are still tough decisions that will need to be made and we will need to work through that. But we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we remain positive and buoyant about the opportunities in Sal. And Pavatar Man has a couple of hats, which she's going to explain in a minute. The first hat is as a director of DevComs. And why don't you explain what that role involves and then we'll come on to your role at Slough? Firstly, just to say I'm equally delighted to be here. My first ever podcast, so let's see how that goes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, as you said, Director of DevComs. So DevComs, we do um, stakeholder and community engagement around uh, development proposals at every stage through allocation right through to construction. So basically, we deal with the politicians, the local community um, and the media around development proposals. Great. That's really helpful. Thank you for that, because I think it just gives a bit of context. And the other hat, as I suggested, is as Deputy Leader of Slough Borough Council. Yeah. So I've been a councillor since 2010, so uh, 13 years. Sometimes it feels it's gone by really quickly, and other times it feels like it's been my whole life. I've been on the Cabinet since 2011, um, so quite a long time as Cabinet. Uh, a member. My current cabinet portfolio, which is housing and planning, I've had in some guys since 2017. And I became deputy leader in December 21. So just over a, a year now. To a certain extent, I might say the elephant in the room, I would say, you've been there through the, the, the trials and tribulations which Slough Borough Council have been through. Do you just want to talk through where is the council at the moment with the financial situation and balancing the books? Just hasten to add, I wasn't there was a two year period I wasn't there um, in the <laughs> leadership enough. role um, still a councillor but not not in cabinet and under a different leadership which unfortunately is when a lot of the issues started but that's by the by we are where we are now we're in a serious situation I don't want to try and put a, a too positive a spin on it um, we do recognise the seriousness of where we are and the significant financial challenges that we face as a council however I would argue, I think particularly over the last year, 18 months, that we've taken great strides in actually addressing the issue. So if you look at where we started when we uh, initially declared the 114, at that point we were anticipating needing a capitalisation directive of close to £800 million. That's now looking like it's around 350 which is still a lot, I want to hasten to add, but a significantly better picture than we originally thought we were in. On that, if you look at our asset sales that we've done over the last municipal year, we've cleared well over £200 million of our asset sales. So we're a significant way towards actually um, paying the capitalisation directive. One thing I will just point out, because I think there is a big misconception sometimes, we have not received a single penny from government. Capitalisation directive does not mean that we get funding from government to deal with our issue. It is our own assets funded by our local taxpayers that are being used to help deal with our issues. Right. Okay. That's really useful. It's interesting to talk about some of those asset sales, because obviously you're now at a point where you've got to claw back is that the right word? I don't know. I'm trying to get the right word. But but from a property point of view, it seems to me there that there's a program now of asset sales coming through the pipeline. Is that going well? And what's sort of happening? Just so we can get some idea of where the council is on this kind of journey to getting balancing the books. The asset sales are going really well, actually. I think the last year it's gone um, incredibly well. If you look at the most recent deal that we announced, which I, I believe I can now publicly confirm is Homes England having purchased a TVU site. So that just gives an indication of 
the calibre of people who are wanting to invest in, in Slough and the calibre of development we believe coming up the other side. I think fundamentally, anyone who knows Slough will know we're a very pro-development council. We've kind of had to shift a bit of our mindset because I think we were probably a bit more interventionist previously. So part of the reasons we purchased a lot of these sites is we intended to bring them forward ourselves at that time. We've had to fundamentally rethink our purpose as a council. And while we've had to step away from directly delivering some of these sites, we remain committed and remain uh, of the belief of the benefit that development can bring to our town. And we look forward to working in partnership with those who purchase the assets and are looking to bring them forward. So the, the site that you sold before, or the big site you sold before this one, was, I think was Axon Nobel. Am I right thinking you got more than you expected? Significantly more than we expected. I think that that's fair to say, yeah. Can you give figures or is that not... Oh, you're so pushy, aren't you? Well, there was, was a figure of 100 million, but got the feeling that was seems too round a figure, but... I don't think I can give a final figure on that because I think it is still subject to commercial um, confidentiality. But I think what was said publicly is that it was actually... Over a hundred million pound for that um, right. that sale. And so, did, did you effectively make a profit on that? I mean, we purchased that for thirty eight million, and we sold it for significantly over a mm. hundred million. So, yes, a so, massive sale, a massive profit. So, in the end, if this if there's enough of these sites that you can sell, aren't you going to be in a good place eventually? I mean, we believe we're well on our road to recovery. Again, I don't want to be flippant about it. There are still tough decisions that will need to be made, and we will need to work through that. But we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and we remain positive and buoyant about the opportunities in. Is, is, is there any sort of imminent that are coming up? Because I look on the agendas, but you only get a week or so ahead of the meetings to see what's on the agendas at the meetings. Is there anything we should, we should look out for? Um, I mean, in terms of which asset sales we're considering, that is public. We do have an asset disposal list. Obviously, we're working with our partners, Anson Young, in terms of assessing the markets for some of those. I couldn't tell you what exact sales are coming forward next, but it is public around which sales, which assets we are looking to dispose of. There's so many that were, we were hearing there were going to be great things were going to happen and they probably still will. Presumably you won't have as much control over them as you might have done. Observatory House, do you think? The head office might go? We were considering it. Yeah. Um, we were having, we were in a situation where yeah. we had to consider everything to be perfectly frank with you. There are no imminent plans uh, for us to, to dispose of that. So why don't we just, because I tell you what, it's easy to focus on some of the negative stuff. Let's look at some of the positive stuff. And there is so much going on within the Slough regen story. I mean, one for me, which I know we've talked about in the past, is Horlicks. Yeah. It's coming through now. Barclay's done a fantastic job on it. Do you see that as a, a, a pivotal change for Slough in the sense of its positioning and the quality of the work being finished there? I mean, in short, yes. And I really do urge um, listeners, if they haven't gone to see the Horlick site, please do go because it really is um, – uh, it really is an exemplary piece of work, I would say, in terms of both keeping the historic elements that are really important to us and as a town, but bringing new life into the site. The other thing about a name like Barclay is that, you know, they got permission and they started building and that kind of speed of delivery. We've got people who are now living in phase one um, and really helping turn it into a genuine th- thriving community. Obviously, phase two has had permission and we um, have no reason to believe that that wouldn't be straight on to delivery as well. Yeah, I was on a, um, a tour around it. It is quite interesting inside the, the old factory building. It's, it's a, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, the sort of light well thing is it's, it's quite amazing. But is it is it 
because I, th- I think I remember reading that the, the rent's being achieved at some of the rental properties, almost Windsor levels. Yeah, I mean, the rental yield has been significant on that site. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, I think it really has set a new benchmark for quality of accommodation in Slough, particularly in the, in the town centre, really. We've spoken about this before, I think, where you can have like a 10 year period or 10, 15 year period of redevelopment. Is that not going to be very difficult to keep Slough going? I mean, you've lost all, a load of shops and then you're redeveloping. Yes, but let's look at the current situation. Um, our current high street is not thriving. I wouldn't say we're not going to be losing a significant amount of trade because there's already a significant loss of trade. I think if you look at the way that um, British Land have tried to bring forward the town centre site, it is phased. So it does mean it would allow the decampment of shops into the observatory whilst the Queensmere is being developed. So you would have a, actually the shops that are open would be in a smaller concentrated area, which could be a greater benefit. I mean, that's quite an interesting point about Slough Central. What are you expecting from Slough Central? From the council's point of view, we've authorised the master plan. That was back in September last year. We've given planning permission for that the next stage would be that we expect reserved matters applications to be coming forward and really i would urge british land um, and adia as their development partner to get a move on with it we will look to support them where we can but ultimately it's not our role to bring forward what is a private scheme absolutely we'll try to address any challenges with them but they really do need to be the ones that are driving that forward and do you think they're going to um i mean i don't know i'm just it's interesting looking at maidenhead and their the uh i think it's the landing and the height which they're going up to which i think and I haven't, and I, I'm not 100% of the, of the how many stories there are, but it's higher than what is there at the moment is what I'm saying. Do you think that might happen in Slough in terms of that height and scale? Um, yes, in the town centre. If you look in the square mile, we, we do allow for and we have seen applications come forward and be approved for um, significantly higher buildings than are there currently. The two things I would say to that is that's in the town centre. That wouldn't be appropriate in our suburbs. Mm. Um, and secondly, we do just have to be mindful, obviously, of the the, the vista um, to Windsor Castle. We do consider that very carefully as well. One thing we've made a note of here is transport. I mean, those of us who live in Reading, we're all celebrating that Crossrail came to Reading, but you must have a better deal of, of Crossrail to get in and out of London that, that quickly and directly. Yeah, and don't forget, we've got three Crossrail stations in Slough. Mm, so from so from Burnham, Slough and Langley, at every part of our town, uh, you can access Crossrail. It really has been transformational. And I don't just say that as someone who commutes into London myself, but um, it genuinely has been. I think you can only you only need to look at the the passenger numbers and the much better than expected passenger numbers to see that in itself. I mean, it's a modern, reliable service mm. that I think is fit for purpose for our country where we are now. And I just really wish that other infrastructure projects could get a move on to deliver the same um, are, outcome. Are, are people getting on the train all the way through? It, it really has made that that journey easier and. Just the accessibility into central London has made a big difference. And then the knock-on effects it has. I mean, the works to the back of our station, the main Slough Centre station now is coming to a close. It's now having the lines painted and that's will fundamentally change the face of the back of our station, mm. which is, you know, incredibly well used and in many ways uh, really probably more used than the front of our station. I mean, because it's interesting and if I might just, we had a similar discussion um uh, in, in about Reading, and the danger is because Crossrail's so successful, Slough and Reading become dormitories. How do you avoid that? In the sense that yes, people have places to live, and Slough's a fantastic place 
for new regeneration. But how do you get that balance so that it's not just a, a daytime or an evening, you know, an economy which is disappearing into London and then coming back out again in the evening? Yeah, and we're very, very alive to that fact. Um, we don't want to just be a commuter town. And I think particularly when you look at the fact that in the town centre, so the areas that are most accessible to the Elizabeth Line, there are a lot of, you know, one, two bed apartments yeah. coming forward. I think for us, it's it's a multitude of things. We need to make the offer in Slough better um, to encourage people to not just want to live here, but also thrive here, you know, contribute to our cultural life here and part of that is what we touched on about the the slough central um you know where's our offer for a, a thriving economy the other thing is you know good quality jobs in Sal. We, we're very lucky to have good quality jobs in Sal, and we need to make sure it's more of Sal residents that are benefiting that we've got very good education in Sal, so we want to be a, a, a place that people come to live and actually want to stay and grow their family in our town but is that difficult because you've got as, as, as with Reading, people say it's great for being able to get to London, but it also means that you know you can attract people to the town, but also people will leave. So mm. if you want to regenerate such the area nearest the station, where there's been a couple of office buildings, but there's an empty space in several of them, it, it must be so difficult because you've got this great train service, but it's a big disadvantage to it because people can leave rather than come in. I mean, that is true. But then I would also flip it and look at the other side. So, for example, if you look at in my ward, we went through our own regeneration um, 10 years ago. Uh, we've had a significant number of people moving out from London to come into my area, partly because they can still continue with the jobs that they had because of that ease of access. But actually, they want to benefit from all the other stuff that as a town we have to offer that they didn't feel that they had access to in London. So it does work both ways. And that's that's what I suppose the point I was trying to make about the wider offer that we as a town can, can provide our residents is just as important as that direct access point. But, you know, but it is a benefit. I don't want, you know, as much as we've got to be alive to the risks and the challenges that come with that, I don't want to be talking it down because actually I think it has been transformational. Does yeah. it, is it, I know it's a bit of a distance away, but the um, the trading estate, I've heard you speak about this in, in meetings in the past. It's really interesting that you said the people used to feel part of it and now the jobs are kind of filled elsewhere and the people locally aren't fit as much of a part of it as they were. Is that still a, an issue? I mean, as much as Crossrail helps bringing people in but wouldn't that perhaps exacerbate the problem I, I do think that's still an issue and I think that I think the way I would describe it is I think it's not people previously saw the trading estate as opportunity so when they saw it on their doorsteps they felt that they were getting a direct benefit from the opportunities that were there economic cultural everything that came with that I think as the jobs have moved on the reality is it's not our residents it's not my residents who directly neighbour the trading estate that are getting that direct benefit so it's almost seen as a barrier now now there are many reasons for that as I've said around the kind of the jobs that have kind of become a lot more high tech there's also physical barriers if you look at the trading estate it's not a very pedestrian friendly area it's not an area that you can really get to and make access of if you're not in your car it's not a very welcoming area in some places so I think you know improving some of that physical environment would also benefit our residents and that's certainly something we'll be picking up in our conversations with Seagro. <laughs> Interesting you talked about we've talked a bit about London you led Mm-hmm. Yes, grown. It, it's quite a sort of um, issue, really. How is Slough dealing with ULES and the, the, the restrictions, which obviously the Mayor of London is, is putting on um, diesel cars? I mean, I should start by saying that as a principle, I, I support the policy. I think the, in the intent um, behind it is not just good, it's, it's needed. As a council, we've obviously been massively improving and increasing our infrastructure for electric cars. 
But looking at the policy in particular, there is a potential negative impact for us in Slough. So if if we take the example of Heathrow Airport, for example, um, a lot of staff who work at Heathrow Airport who don't have ULEV compliant um, cars will find themselves falling foul just trying to get to work. Mm -hmm. So we have a real concern about parts of our town, particularly Colnebrook, to be be honest, um, being used as effectively parking lots by day as people come to our town, park their car and then jump on the bus to get to work. So there are some concerns about the unintended consequence of ULEV and what, what people will understandably do to try and get around paying that daily charge. To deal with that, I mean, we're trying to proactively work with Heathrow Airport in regards to the impact on their staff and our neighbouring boroughs and the mayor's office to make sure those unintended consequences are thought out and properly planned so that there isn't that impact on my residents. So, What about the, um, we were just talking about transport, the Western Rail Link, because we've been banging on about that for ages and we once thought it was almost there, just about to be approved. And it must be a huge benefit to you if it, if it came to Slough. Yeah, I mean, it's very timely you asked me this, um, actually. But um, firstly, it's not just a huge benefit to us. It is a huge benefit to us. But I think the thing that we, people need to understand about Western Rail Access, it's a benefit to anybody who is west of the airport all the way down to South Wales. So, you know, it's a significantly important infrastructure project. We've always been committed to it. For us, it makes sense, not just economically, but um, as I said, I said earlier, around the need for infrastructure projects. For me, there's a crying need for it. The reason I say it's timely, we've actually just had uh, one of our new exec directors join who's very keen to pick up the baton on this and will be and has been really starting to pick up the the conversations with some of our local stakeholders and some of the our national stakeholders um around you, you ever say who that is uh, his name's Pat Hayes. Oh, Pat Hayes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, who is leading and wants to lead on um, really re- reinvigorating the great. debate about Western Rail. Um, and as I say, from a political level, we've never wavered in our support of this. With the benefit of hindsight, I think one of the issues we face is that, rightly or wrongly, the issue of Western Rail access was linked with the issue of Heathrow expansion. Yeah. And the reality is they're not linked. Now, whilst each one might be beneficial to the other, um, they are not intrinsically linked. And Western Rail access would be a benefit now and it'll be a benefit if Heathrow expansion was ever to come forward but it would be a direct benefit now and we really need to make I would say a bit more of an effort in delinking the two issues because I think in many people's minds they are just intrinsically linked. One of the things which um, we didn't put on our notes but it always occurs to me when you're talking about Slough I I talked to Ruth Bagley I think it was about how they were she was working to change the image of Slough the old chief exec many years ago and you can see all the developments and it was really, things were really happening. But does it still have an image that you want to change? It depends who we're talking to about what their perception is of Slough. <laughs> I mean, yes, let's be frank. There are still some elements of uh, Slough's image that we would want to change. But I think, you know, I think we need to be, and also the issues that we face as a council haven't helped that. You know, we need to be honest about that. That hasn't helped the, the perception issue. But then equally, I mentioned people moving from London into my ward. If you were to talk to them about their perception of South, it's massively different um, to what the, the, the negative aspects I'm talking about wanting to change. So actually, I think we need to be better at making more use of those people who actually live in the town, actually know the town um, and I, I have that real lived in experience to be able to tell their own stories. I, I think you raise a really good point because quite often when you go to Slough, the people who live and work there are pretty passionate about it. We, we, we've had, and you've, you've given us a really good overview, which kind of makes me think, 
there must be, and you know, your deputy leader, maybe with ambitions to be leader. Who knows? No. <laughs> anyway, but with a, you, you've obviously got a vision. Be interesting to know what that vision is for Slough. You're not not only in your own skill set running the, the the real estate and the property side, but also as a town. Yeah, I think I'd answer that in two ways, because for the first, as a council, our vision is very clear um, as a council, is that we want to get to a situation where our finances are in order, where government, we get government support, maybe leave the capitalisation directive in our long distant uh, past and, yeah. you know, be on a stable footing, live within our means and actually be a right sized council for the town. That's the council side. I think as a town, what I really would like to see and kind of what my vision is, is where that the wealth and the prosperity and the the real benefits in the town are equally felt by all parts of the town. I mean, I I talk a lot about my ward and I think genuinely, if you look at the difference in my ward from when I was first elected, which I don't know, I'm sure nobody ever went to, but we had an awful, absolutely awful 1950s tower blocks up, crumbling set, Mm. uh, crumbling physical um, infrastructure and look at it now where it's a real genuine community-led area that families want to live in. I want that benefit to be felt in all parts of the town. Um, We are very, very affluent parts of the town, but let's be honest, we also have huge parts of the town that are in poverty and dealing with not just financial poverty, but, you know, overcrowded housing, poor quality accommodation. So for me, it's when the benefits are being equally spread around the town, That would that's my end goal. That's great. Thanks very much, uh Pav, that's really helpful. Uh, so on behalf of UK Profit Forums, myself and Alan, it's really good to 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 have your contribution to the Battle and Months podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that was a, as my first podcast experience, I will say that was a really painless one. So thanks again. Well, that was good, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that with Pavatar. Alan, what, what did you take away from that? I always appreciate when you talk to Pavatar is that she faces everything head on and she just tells you it straight. So you can ask questions about the council's finances and big things they didn't want to do. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. Answer. And the finances did come up and we did speak about that. But did you come away thinking they've got a plan? Well, I think that, yeah, we spoke about a vision. That is where she seemed to have it already in her head. I just felt like, yeah, it's, it's quite encouraging, really. I just like to, if you talk about a negative thing and you get a fairly sort of optimistic answer, I think, you know, you could give people confidence. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I think, I think she also talks about some really clear asset sales, which from a property point of view is very encouraging. And there's a number of sites there which should come to market that, and, but I think the reality is with Slough Central, that seems to be the key I was project, which is going to really take them in the next five, 10 years and reposition the town. Would, would you, would yeah, you agree the, the, with that? the big issue for me with that is how long it takes because yeah, it's true. such a long term thing and you know, the, the, the house prices will be affected along the way, won't they? If it's seen as a big building site for ages. And uh, I don't know how you get around that because it's, it's a big deal, but it's a good scheme, isn't it? And so you know that in 10, it's 10 years or whatever it is, it's, it's going to be really as good as it can be, I think. Yeah. And the other thing I've really enjoyed was, we well, found interesting was the relationship with London. And London, of course, for them starts at Heathrow and ULES and the issues, which that is obviously popping up for them as a a town which sits on the boundary of London and what they have to do for that. And the danger is that they become 
a car park and, you know, all sorts of issues, which presumably are just not being, I don't know, not being listened to. Yeah, it's good when you hear the answers to that, because when, when that sort of thing happens, you can envisage places like, like Pavatol was saying, Colbrook, it could just become a park and ride because people just park their cars on the street and get the bus. But you kind of imagine that would happen. So I quite enjoy it when you speak to the actual person who's in the middle of all that. And she seems to be aware of all those sorts of things. She does. I think that's been a really positive session. We've had another great hosting here at Haslam's Estate Agents in Central of Reading. So thank you for the use of the studio. We look forward to our next podcast, which will be advertised soon. But in the interim, please do stay on our website, ukpropertyforums.com, where we've got plenty of information about future events. So once again, thank you very much from Matthew Battle. And from me, Alan Bunce. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.